Welcome back to another episode of Talkings. I'm your host, Bobby. And I'm your host, Joey. And today we have Jazzy Pike, a.k.a. CC99. Say Ooh. what's up, Jazzy. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So thank you so much for um, coming down, taking the time, and doing this podcast with us. We are very excited to have you. We're thank you guys. ready yes. to learn so much. Um, we're going to talk about huge subjects. Um, but for right now, just kind of go ahead and... Shout out what you're all about, where yeah. you're from. You <laughs> talk know. yourself up. What are you all about? Um, oh, God. Now that I have to talk myself up, I can't think of anything. Um, <laughs> well, did you grow up in Utah? Oh, yeah. So I've been born and raised in Utah. Um, I've actually been dancing my whole life. Like, I started when I was a little kid. Like, you, know, you watch music videos. You watch Michael Jackson music videos. And yeah. you copy the movement and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I took dance classes, like, here and there. And... It was never, I never, like, took, like, actual structured dance classes until I got into, like, junior high, and okay. then high school hit, and I was just like, oh, boy, is in college, and I'm gonna figure that out, and so I stopped dancing, <laughs> and then, you know, from high school to, like, early college until I graduated with my associates, I wasn't really dancing until that point, and so now I've been with, like, the actual dance community for, like, six, yeah, going on, like, six years now. Six years in the dance community. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Time flies. Um, <laughs> So, what kind of, like, style, what, what, what would you say, like, your main style is? Oh, Vogue. Vogue, Vogue. 100%. Like, if, if people don't know that I Vogue in Utah at this point, it's just like, where have you been? <laughs> like, right. no, so, how did you get into Vogue? So, okay, it's actually a really funny story, and I also told Rob, who does a podcast, too, about this last year. Mm-hmm. So, it was, it was actually the, the last uh block party that we went to was underground um uh-huh. and we performed and it was when archie burnett was um one of the judges oh right? yeah yeah so for those who don't know who archie burnett is he is the godfather for the house of ninja and he's like one of like the og slash like vets of like ball culture and vogue and stuff like that um and and whacking too so there was like a cypher going on and um at that point i was just kind of figuring out what style I wanted to do. I was kind of doing whacking under Tia, um, just figuring out movement just as a whole and stuff like that. And so there were ciphers going on. I went in and I was just kind of doing whatever, which looking back now was probably trash. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, all of us have been there, you know. Yeah, like, I totally. watch like five-year-old videos like, what was I doing? You know, yeah, <laughs> like my, my my baby Genesis, she sent me a video when we first like started like hanging out and doing classes and I was like, yo, that was trash. That was such trash. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like I was in the circle and then like Archie came in and like we started like kind of exchanging a little bit. Uh-huh. And at that point, I would put people on pedestals. So, like, I heard about him at that time because I was, like, learning stuff from Tia and things. And I was just, like, like, total fangirling in that moment. And so, like, after, like, I went up to him and I was, like, oh, my gosh, like, thank you so much for that. Like, and for those who, like, know Archie, he has these glasses that have, like, the flashlights on them. Oh, yes. The epic flashlight glasses. The epic flashlight glasses. And he, like, like, perched them on his nose and he was, like... So what do you do? What is it that you that you do? And I was like, um, well, I like like to like whack and I mean I kind of like to do vogue and stuff like that. And like knowing nothing at that point Mm -hmm. at the time, and he just looks at me and he's like, you should do that. You should explore that. You should. He's like, I see that for you. And I was like, 
like right, total yeah. fangirling moment, right? And so I like started looking into it more and like watching YouTube videos and stuff like that. And then Tia and so Tia Ayano and Michael Elliott, they wanted to throw a ball. Mm-hmm. And again, this I had very little knowledge of like ball culture at the time and they started doing sleigh sessions. Um where it was like, come in session and we're gonna prepare for the ball and stuff like that. And it just kind of just took off from there. Like we got to um, connect with Dolores Ninja, who is a friend of Lorena, uh, Lorena V, who's like a famous whacker and stuff like that. And um, Lorena is in Dolores's Kiki house. So we connected with Dolores and she just like really gave us like that stepping stone of like, okay, this is how the culture works. This is how you structure things. This is how you do this. And then it really, there was a moment where I actually got called out (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I was helping with Slay stuff before I actually took over as like co-organizer. And there was a, a a person by the name of Pasa Flora, who's in Portland, saw like the way that we were marketing it. And it was like, where's the POC? Where's like, it's very whitewashed at the end of the day. And so I had reached out and I was like, hey, like, thank you. I don't really know what this means. Like, so I like I don't really know where to start. Yeah, and, yeah. like, they really just took me under their wing, and, again, it just went from there. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Wow, and here we are. And here we are. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you guys going to do a ball anytime soon, or, mm. like, you yourself, or? It's, it's kind of hard because, like, the biggest thing for us is, like, we want to make sure that it's a safe space. And, like, I mean, COVID has been just, I mean, really screwing a lot of things up when it comes oh, to totally. events and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And we were thinking about it, and then we saw kind of, like, we're seeing a surge in cases because of the, the Delta variant. Yeah. And a big thing is, like, a lot of, like, LGBTQ plus people don't have, like, the same access to healthcare as, like, other like communities do so we don't want to be those people that's like just wear a mask you're fine like we don't Mm -hmm. want to further perpetuate like possibly you know and it's actually it's been happening like where balls are starting to happen throughout the world and then they have to come back and be like there was somebody who who was infected with covid and they didn't know and like they possibly infected the entire yeah 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 and so we're kind of just like trying to just gauge where it's all going to play out because again like we just really want to make sure that we're like maintaining that safe space not just like for mental health and and you know emotional health but like that physical health aspect of it too yeah that makes sense that's very smart that's yeah um is there like any like sort of like foundation in voguing like with with breaking you know we have like top rocks like freezes and you know, judges look for these particular types of things. Is there anything like that in voguing? Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. So there's so there's actually three different types of vogue. There's old way, which like if I'm gonna categorize it all, mm-hmm. old way is like pre 1990, um, which is like the original style of vogue, okay. and and it was originally called pops, spins, and dips. Um, and so oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the dips. The, you know how many, I'm sorry. No. There's been so many times I've called it a shablam. So oh, me times. too. Like, 10 years ago, I thought it was called a shablam. Or even, know? like, a splat. The first time I oh, ever saw too. it was, I think, like, uh, Keiko. You remember Keiko? Oh. She did that um, at Block Party. And everyone's like, oh, she did a shablam. But now knowing, like, I know you're very passionate about it. Like, get <laughs> your freaking shit right. I mean, I guess I can totally kind of relate because it's like, you know how gymnastic people, they do flares? Yeah. So, if you like, from 
breaking or or air flare, excuse me, yeah. air flare, and they call it a Thomas flare. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? I think so that's. It, it's yeah. kind of frustrating, so I can definitely relate to that. It's like, no, get your shit right. Yeah. It's called a dip. Yes. It's called a dip. It's called a dip. Called a dip. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it was originally called, like, Pop Spins and Dips, and then you have New Way, which is, like, post-1990, and that's, like, where you see, like, the bone breaking, the super intricate stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, it actually, like, kind of derives from, like, tutting, too. Like, when you see, like, the hand movements of New Way. Okay. Um, and then you That's have crazy. Vogue Femme, which came, like, around, like, again, like, in the 1990s. In Vogue Femme, there's five elements that are, like, that encompasses, like, the dance itself. There's catwalks, uh, duck walks, floor performance, hand performance, and spins and dips. So there is like an actual foundation that comes with the movement um, right. for Vogue. So yeah, they're, they're totally okay. the foundation. So, how would you describe the culture of voguing? Because we have like a breaking culture. Yeah. And I know like voguing is super underground. Is that, yes. Yeah. So yeah. I heard it was like very hostile almost. So yeah. So is voguing, that true? Yeah. So the, the origin of voguing and, and to be honest, like, it will change depending on who you talk to. Yeah, There's right. many different origin stories of like where Vogue came from. So like one of the stories is that the um, the gay black men or brown like men or queer trans people in, in Rikers Island were mimicking the poses in Vogue magazine, which is where the, the name like derives from, okay. as oh, really? a way to like shade each other, which like shading is just again like being like, you ain't shit. I'm the shit. Here's how I'm gonna show you why. Okay. Um. So it is. It can be very hostile. It's a very like. The best way that I can explain it, and, and actually it just got posted recently, is like ballroom without shade is not ballroom. Like there is a sense of hostility that is there, but it's it's a hostility of like I'm going to show people why I'm the baddest bitch in the room for this particular category, and like if you feel some type of way about it, stay mad kind of, like, energy. But there's times where it can be, like, people take it personal and all that stuff. Again, like, ball culture started out as a counterculture, but it's, like, slowly, like, has evolved into just, like, a subculture of LGBTQ plus communities, in a sense. So, but, yeah, there's a little bit of hostility. (laughs) But it's, like, I don't know. It's a weird, like, it's a different energy with it. Like, (laughs) right. It's not like a b-boy where we're just like. I mean, we all know what happened when I, me, when me and Slinky battled. Like, it's like there was that kind of hostility between us, but it's like he shows it. A, he like there's like a, like again like he's a breaker. So like, is, right. is breaking a breaker the right term, by the way? Because I hear b-boy breaker. B-boy breaker. breaker yeah. yeah. Like, just, okay. I don't know. Break dancing. I kind of want to like correct people on it. Like break dancing it's hard to explain it's like when i don't know anybody or nobody or somebody doesn't know anything about the culture of like b-boying they're like what do you do and i'm just like uh, you do what they understand say say my breaker but then it's like oh they're like what's that like break dancing and they're like oh that's cool and they're like back (laughs) in my day when i used to and i have to go through that whole stupid story but everybody starts top rocking towards you just being like look what i can do (laughs) we like b-boy b-girl I don't know. So sometimes break. I just say break dancing or break dancer just because like I don't want to get into the stupid conversations of like and it's always the same ones like can you head spin? Yeah. And, like I used to do this back in the day yeah. and I'm just like ah, I just yeah. Get so well, tired. and it's like you know people most people don't know what it is. If you say I'm a b boy, like, birthday boy, like what does know. that mean? What? No, and especially like I teach you know for a teacher yeah 
a studio as a studio owner when I used to own the studio if yeah. I put b-boying or b-girling we're like what's that what is that you can't advertise it like that because right. most people don't know what that is you have to put breakdancing which yeah. is actually a terminology that is not really it's it's frowned upon mm, yeah, kind gotcha. of thing but anywho okay. I call uh, internet b-boys breakdancers or like <laughs> like people who can do some similar movement but like have never battled I call them breakdancers yeah like you're a breakdancer you're not a b-boy I call those people <laughs> culture vultures oh <laughs> that I yeah. like that one yeah. interesting okay I yeah there's that's like one of them that's been my favorite term is when people appropriate and stuff like that but yeah so it's like you know like me and Slinky, like, I think that's really, like, one of the, like, best examples of, like, mm. how two different styles can still show off how their styles are different, but then mm. the similarities that can happen within, like, battling, you know? Right. Like, you know, he was coming up to my face and stuff like that, and then, like, I was going up to his face, but it was, like, in our respective styles. Yes. Right. So. Which is um, awesome to see. Yes. Yeah. That still is one of my favorite memories, and I will still go back and watch videos from it from time to time, because I was just like, ah. Oh, this was a good day. The days. <laughs> <laughs> Those are, I don't know. I was probably hella drunk again too. That same that's that's your... Every creator's grid I go I'm to, I'm just sure. super gone. Like, <laughs> I'm just super <laughs> gone. It was so funny because like I, there was there's a video I have of just like someone from my perspective on like my side of that, <laughs> just seeing all your guys' yeah, faces yeah. like being like. Right? <laughs> Such a great exchange. If for those who haven't seen it, go find it. I'm sure. Creators Grid on Instagram has that, right? It's got to be somewhere. It's just somewhere, dude. Even I just have my personal it. videos of it, but yeah, but it's so good. Anyway, super entertaining to watch two different styles go go at it with each other. Really I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cool. Um. So we're just gonna get into it. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, you are a huge advocate when it comes to racism, especially in this dance community. At least what I've seen yeah. over social media and all the fun stuff. And I've known you for, I don't know, three or four years. Yeah. It's been a while. Four. It's been yeah. quite a while. Or it's like, I guess, minus one years. year. Not quite like, a while, but it's... Minus one year of, like, 2020. No one's seen each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so... For me, over the course of those three or four years that I've known you, minus 2020, <laughs> I, I like I didn't know or realize you were so passionate about mm-hmm. racism, the subject of racism. Yeah. Because I have never seen you like I. I mean, we hung out many of times. Many. That, that, that subject never came up. Yeah. You know, like social media, like nothing. So I'm just I want to know like why are drives you? What drives you and are you, were you like always this feeling this way about it? And mm-hmm. you just were waiting. I don't, I don't know. Like, did you just feel uncomfortable to have these kind of conversations? And now you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. you're kind of like <clears throat> feeling that momentum. I don't yeah. know. Like, so, so, so yes. So I've always felt this way. Cause I mean, like being a, a mixed black person in Utah, where just the black population of Utah alone is only 2%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've dealt with so many different like microaggressions of racism, like my entire life, you know? Right. What kind of happened is that like, so there's a few factors that came into play. It was like one, I just, I didn't really have the full understanding and knowledge of what it can all entail, you know? Right. I, I mean, like, the perfect example is, like, <laughs> my my ex is, like, 
the kind of person that has like a confederate flag like Ooh. hanging up in their in their room kind of thing yeah but i was with them for so long and i just didn't really connect those things of like oh that's really harmful or if i did feel harm and i i didn't sometimes have like the right words or the right um the right just i didn't i was afraid at times yeah, to right. like say things because again it's like i also am very much a people pleaser so it's like i don't want to like rock i didn't want to rock the boat i didn't want to like make people feel like they didn't like me anymore all of that kind of stuff and once i just made that commitment to myself of like okay you have these feelings coming up like let's learn let's dive into it let's yeah. talk about it and because of that i now have that confidence and courage to speak out against those things because I have the knowledge to be able to explain myself in a way where I'm just being super transparent. And, and Tia said it best to me, you can be, you can say that and do that and then just let people digest it however they need to. But because of that, it's obviously it unearths a lot of things for people sometimes. But yeah, that was the biggest thing is like the lack of knowledge of it and being scared uh, to say things to, because I'm a people pleaser. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. And you said your your ex-boyfriend had a Confederate flag. Do you think that, I mean, okay, so <laughs> do you think that he was aware of what that was? Dating somebody who is mixed cult, or mixed yeah. race, right? Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you look black. Yeah. So do you think, like, what? No, and, and that's, that's the thing weird. is, like, I mean, we were high school sweethearts. Like, I, there is, like, if you were to see me, like, 17, 18, like, honestly, like, anywhere from, like, 22-year-old Jazzy and, like, earlier, uh-huh. very much, like, trying to conform, trying to assimilate within, you know, just the culture that I'm around, and just, again, in that, like, just kind of this route back to, like, white supremacy is just, like, trying to assimilate so that way I can not have all of these things happen to me or things like that. And so it's just like, I just really like, it was one of those things where it's like, there's this thing that I've been learning about very recently within this last year as well, which is called exceptionalism, which is where, you know, you can't distinguish the personal relationship you have with somebody or what they've done or the pedestal that you put on, like, like in your head, like those, like putting people on a pedestal. And it's that, yeah, I'm going to speak about these things except for this person or except for this thing. And once I started to learn how I exuded exceptionalism in my life and understanding the harm that it caused me, it was like, oh, like I barely just cut him off actually. Like, cause we were friends mm-hmm. for a, a while after we stopped dating but I finally just kind of did that clean cut last year, and I haven't spoken to him in over a year now. Oh, wow. So I've cut up a lot of people in the last, like, year and a half, two years, so. <laughs> <laughs> like, if anyone ever listens to that podcast with Rob, it's so funny because, like, I was, like, he was asking me, he's like, oh, who do you see as an influence? And, like, half the people I named I don't even fuck with anymore. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that aged poorly. <laughs> So, okay, uh, kind of going, I guess this kind of plays off of what you were talking about, and having somebody that you were dating that had a Confederate flag, and you were just kind of, I guess, 
not as aware, maybe, mm-hmm. you were saying, right? Or naive yeah. to, and this, to the thing? We were, yeah, I was super naive. And then what would happen to is I, when I would bring stuff up, there was, like, I'm not trying to bash my ex. Like, I, I, yeah, I hope he's, totally. I hope he's doing well in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but there would be a lot of times where I would bring up certain things or certain issues and there was like a level of gaslighting that would happen where right. it would be like, well, that's not what it is. And you know, you're being this or would like use something that happened in the past that I caused where I caused harm and would like use that against me in those situations, which it's like, I know I caused harm in that relationship. There's a reason why we're not together. Right. Like, <laughs> you know? Um, and I fully own up to every bit of harm that I caused in that relationship. Um, it's just, yeah, there was like the sense of gaslighting that would happen. And mm-hmm. then, you know, with gaslighting, you, you start to question yourself. You're like, am I making this a bigger deal than it needs to be? Right. Am I, am I just, am I, am I crazy? <laughs> you know? That's, yeah, that makes you think what you're thinking is, yeah, it's wrong. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, being more aware, that's very, that's very healthy. And I feel like a lot of people don't have like the strength to even look at themselves like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I respect you for actually thinking like that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I know it's really hard. It's a lot of people that like, you know, blame their ex for, or at least a lot of people like I know personally, they're just like, oh yeah, this person was this and this and this and this and this. But it's like, okay, but like, what if, what did you do? There's probably shit that you didn't, yeah. you know, contribute very well into the relationship. And, oh, oh gosh, I, I don't know. Yeah. For me, it's like, I had to learn that kind of skill um, through like burning bridges. It's like my relationships that with people have, you know, just kind of, passed on and it's just like too late to kind of heal because like I was an asshole you know mm-hmm. what I mean and that's when I had a reflection on myself and it's like you know now looking back at everything I was kind of a dick so <laughs> I sincerely apologize you still are oh I can't I can be I, I'm just it. kidding with my with my joking I know sometimes I like joke with people and I'm like maybe that was too much I'm so sorry <laughs> but no yeah it's like through these losses with relationships that's how I learned so for you mm-hmm. to um say that it's it's definitely very healthy and again a lot of people don't have that skill yeah and that's like a big thing is just like having that skill to just like own up to it it's just you have to like and and the thing is is like you spend way less energy owning up to the harm that you caused versus fighting it Mm, you know and so it's and it's like again it's a very thing that i've had to unlearn rewire and apply so mm-hmm. that way I can make it a, a behavior again. So it's like it's 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 never it's a second nature to me now to again to check myself and every morning I, I kind of tell myself every day that like each day you are going to commit yourself to checking your inherent biases in any shape or form and, and how they come about in, in, in your right. space, in your world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a again, I I've had to go through a lot of like calling in for myself other people calling me in um my my like my relationship with Preston has been like probably the biggest example of how like (laughs) we can allow space and grace with each other but also hold each other accountable right at the same time so yeah it's like I, I again I I have no ill will towards my ex and I hope he's doing really well but it was one of those things where you know I ended the relationship and that probably caused harm for him because he you know maybe didn't want that relationship to end and I had to just 
be selfish with myself and be like, no, this is not whatever dynamic we have at this point is no longer aligning with what I need and want in my own life. And again, like we were, and, and we were just friends. Like, you know, you can easily just not talk to somebody and still be considered a friend to them. Yeah. But right. it was like making that, like that, that boundary for that, that relationship of like, I am no longer engaging in this, this dynamic anymore. Yeah. You know, and that's been a big thing for me is just learning how to like set those boundaries with people and be like, no, like I don't fuck with you. <laughs> like, right. You know? So would you say, cause we were talking about how people are just naive when we were talking yeah. mm-hmm. before we even started the podcast, which we should probably should have been recording, but we were talking <laughs> about how, you know, a lot of times people are just naive. You know, I brought up, <laughs> I'm just going to say, I brought up, you know, Growing up, we used the word gay, mm-hmm. as in, oh, that's gay, you know. My brother ends up being gay, mm-hmm. and I got called out on it. I wasn't aware. Before somebody would try to tell me, oh, that's wrong, I'd be like, oh, that, that's stupid. Why are you telling me that? Yeah. But then it took that to make me more aware. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, I feel, for me, you know, I feel like if you want to get through to somebody, yeah, you, you gotta, it's like what Tia, you said, Tia said, you yeah. gotta be able to give this information and you just gotta let it settle and however they want to deal with it, you want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's consistency. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I get how you're saying you don't, when you, you just cut people off that just don't want to do it. And I think, you know, for me, I, it's like you gotta just kind of be consistent. Who is that guy that we're sorry? I'm all jumbled. But who is the was it Daryl Davis, the oh. black reporter that went to uh, like the, those the, KKK like uh, rally oh, meetings? Oh, yes, I know who you're. T- I don't know his name, but it's the yeah the guy that went to the KKK meetings and was like trying to like yeah yeah no I told okay yeah yeah so what I'm saying is like a lot of these people are just naive and not aware. Mm-hmm. Even people who are like blatantly racist. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel that, and I don't know, because I'm not a black man or woman or whatever, so I have no idea. I I can't really speak on that, but I, because I'm not aware, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I feel like, uh, in my perception, from what I see going on around social media, outside of social, anywhere, I feel like most of these people are just kind of naive and not aware. They're not blatantly racist. They're just unaware of maybe some of the actions that they're doing or mm-hmm. some of the things that they're saying are racist. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And when you try to push on that person that thinks that certain way, yeah. even if it's towards you, yeah. you know what I'm saying, it it comes off almost as a defense mechanism yeah. naturally, like, right? Like, you just yeah. want to First argue reaction. it because this is how I felt all this time. Yeah. And I, I don't understand, like, and I feel, in my, my opinion... <laughs> I want to keep having these conversations with these people because I want to, I, I would love to see it come to a happy medium. Mm-hmm. You might want, you can't force information, right? Yeah. It, if you force information, people are not as susceptible taking it. Right. As if you're just having a conversation and a conversation is a two way, two way streak, right? Yeah. You have to let them speak their opinion, even if you think it's blatantly wrong. Yeah. And they have to allow you the same yeah respect right and then you have that conversation 
and you can tell when somebody's just not in a place and not aware. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of where you got to go, okay, I've got to stop giving this energy because it's just... You set that boundary. You got to set that boundary. Yeah. But maybe later on... Yes. We can have this conversation and, you know, mm-hmm. see maybe see more eye to eye on it. It's, it's, maybe. It's funny that you bring that, that up because... Um, so one of my mentors in, in anti-racism, her name is Louise, um, she uses this analogy of, you know, when you're having that moment of like trying to have a conversation, give them that knowledge mm. and, 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 and coming from a place of like, listen, you were wrong. Here's A, B, and C of why you were wrong. Here's D, E, and F of the harm that was caused. And then here's the action items that we can look at to make things better. And when someone is not ready, you know, one of my favorite quotes is accountability will always feel like an attack when you're not ready to comprehend and accept the harm that you caused. And so when someone's just not there in that moment, you have every right to close the door on that, on Mm. that dynamic, on the conversation. However, you also control the lock. So if you really want to just again, like for me personally, like I, I have a thing where it's like, if I don't see the change behavior, if I see that you're just not ready to have that conversation, I can close that door and, and, and lock it, you know? But if I do see that there is that change behavior or that, that space that you and grace that you're wanting to have for yourself to, to learn, I can easily take, unlock it, open that door again, you know? And so saying that, like, what if said person Mm -hmm. was like, they, they just approach you your door is locked and they approach you and you're like, they're like, Hey, can we revisit this conversation? Yeah. So what would you, how would you react to that? So that's where, cause I've had that actually happen before. Um, if I'm, if I have the capacity to do that, yes, 100%, let's revisit it. And then, you know, again, if I see that it's just not clicking, it's like, right. Okay. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> we'll I'm close a, the boat. We'll close the door back up. You're not ready. I'm going to slam the door on your ass. Oh, at that shit. Point. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, no, but it's, um, I also have to like, again, like you have to have that capacity. So if you don't have the capacity because of like, cause there can be a point where there's just too much harm that's been caused for someone or a community to want to open that back up again. You know, like it's, it's sometimes it's like, no, that door stays locked. Like, I mean, we all know how it is with like, predators within the community that's like a hard slam lock double lock like you know there's just there's that amount of just too much harm that has been caused to allow someone like that or someone in that the community in space like that because it's like especially when you can see that there's been no accountability there's this like i hate this whole thing of like time heals all i hate that shit so much because it's like somebody can be the same person six months later and show that right versus like and and that's where it's like apology without the accountability that happens after that is the most empty thing possible you know, or the whole, it wasn't my intention. And it's like, well, we keep doing that shit. So what is it then? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it gets really hard, especially when you have to start thinking about the context of the situation. Right. You like, there's, I've been trying to like rewire my brain out of the whole idea of like binaries, like, mm. you know, good and bad and, you know, man, 
woman, feminine, masculine. Right. You know, it's humans are too complex. There's too many layers. There's too many layers. Yeah. So you know, and sometimes like there's many different binaries that come into play, and that's where intersectionality comes into play too. So yeah, there's just like. It depends on the situation. It depends on what the history was. And then, you know, again, it depends on you as that person. Yeah. Like, if you, there's uh, there's maybe a few people that I have closed the door on the relationship that, like, if I were to see that change behavior, yeah, I would open that door. And then there's people who, where it's like, maybe there's change behavior and it's like, good for you, but I don't need you at my table still. Like, for sure. Yeah, I, like, I can I can respect you from a distance or whatever. You exactly. don't have to like somebody to respect them yeah. and I, their space, right? Exactly. I ended a friendship actually like a, like a within the last couple of months with like somebody in the dance community that's like a very prevalent person in the dance community. Mm-hmm. And I literally told them I was like I have no ill will against you. I I really hope the best for you, but like there's just foundational differences with between us that just no longer align. And I'm happy, you know, I hope that you have a great life, mm-hmm. but I don't need you around me. I don't need you in my space. And if we are, if we have happen to be in the same space, because again, events are popping up again and the community is getting to get community is mm-hmm. getting together. And I use that term loosely nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> like I can still give that human respect of like acknowledging presence. Like if you acknowledge my presence, I can acknowledge your presence. If you're not going to acknowledge my presence, I'm not going to acknowledge yours either. Like it's it, there's sometimes where you just kind of have to like, <laughs> like spirituality and just being like like people always want to think like being good and being like good vibes only is like spirituality and sometimes no spirituality means you gotta check a bitch. That's yeah. just how it is at times and just being like for my own spirit, <clears throat> fuck you. Right. <laughs> you know. The spirituality is like a big one. Like it's not all sunshine and rainbows there's like an aspect of spirituality i don't know if you've ever heard of shadow work i've been doing that so you've got a shadow work is kind of going in within yourself and kind of like going why why do i have these patterns why do i have these feelings what's going on and actually addressing them and it's very painful it's so painful in some aspects so so painful i totally i'm so glad that you said that too i was like yeah shadow work like yeah, it's, look it up. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I've heard of this either. It's, yeah. it's a lot, and it's funny. I actually just did a, a workshop with um with JoJo Diggs uh, yesterday, and like 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 she brought that up about shadow work and stuff, and I was like, oh, I get that because it's hard. Like, and yeah. I, I think like again, I'm where I'm at because like I t- I made that commitment to do the work, do the work, and understand that this is a lifelong commitment. Like. I, I fully believe that there's never going to be a a place where you're always going to be can like constant. Like yeah. there's always going to be some sense of sense of growth that needs to happen. Yeah. Um. So it's like that shadow work is like. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so it's, it's a, rough. It can be very rough. It's very so. very rough, especially when you're doing it like on your own without like you know like therapy is just so freaking expensive and then like finding trying to find like a therapist that you vibe with like i'm oh, currently yeah. on the waiting list and i've been on the waiting list for this particular therapist that works with like poc and works with like we may we may need to put a trigger warning on this, this particular yeah. podcast but like they they work with um with poc they work with like queer identities they work with sexual trauma racial oh. trauma stuff like that and i've been on the waiting list for like two months oh. but it's like it takes like like there's other therapists that i could probably go to 
but right. they may not specialize in those things. They yeah, or they're just like too expensive. Like I like I'm sorry, I can't afford a hundred dollar therapy session one like yeah, once I, a week. No, for, we totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, therapy is weird because it's like with me, I've done therapy once and it was it's very beneficial and you know it made me see myself in a completely different way. Um, but like. When is like the time you think you should go? Do you think you should go like uh, I don't know how like, when you feel like you have a problem? Because right now I feel like pretty good with like my situation in life with myself. I've been very comfortable, and I haven't been to therapy like for five months, four months, or something. That mm-hmm. was like the last time I ever did it. And now I'm wondering, like, should I just go just to go? Like, I don't know. Like, do you think I should go if I have like an issue? Like, or do you think it should be like a thing where you should continuously keep going? That? Yes, please tell me. So I so therapy is a great tool. It's a great thing. I think it makes you more aware. Uh-huh. And it makes you, like we were talking about it, they don't call it shadow work in therapy unless you have a therapist that's really into spirituality kind of stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they make you aware of your patterns. You know, like if you're a narcissist, they're going to yeah. probably call that out. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is kind of narcissistic behavior. Yeah. Um, if you're too empathetic, if you're an empath, it's like the reverse of that, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to call that out. Hey, you don't have good boundaries, things like that. I think therapy is good. Um, if you feel good about yourself and, you know, you don't really it, you don't really see too many issues, Yeah. I don't necessarily think that you should probably go to therapy, but if you you're feeling some kind of way or, mm-hmm. you know, like you keep, for instance, getting called out on certain things and you're yeah. kind of aware. That's kind of the hard part, being yeah. aware. Yeah. But if you're getting called out, maybe go to therapy and like get yourself checked or check yourself. Check yourself. Yeah. Therapy <laughs> is like a, the thing to check yourself. But I also think that if you can, if you just go to therapy all the time, it can become a crutch Okay. and you rely on it too much. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Just like kind of anything, right? Yeah. And there's like, so this is like my fourth attempt to, to get therapy in my life because, mm-hmm. again, like I haven't vibed well with therapy. I've, I've, I personally have not had the greatest experiences with therapy. Okay. Um, so there's, again, we're kind of in this like age of information where there's other forms of help in a sense. Like there, so there's one particular person that I like to go to. His name is um, Dr. Damon Silas. He is a um, is he a therapist? He is a therapist, but he's also something else, and I just can't think of what the name is. Um, and he offers like self help things that are like super that are online that are that can be accessible. Mm-hmm. Because with therapy too, like one of the biggest things is that like a lot of therapists like you have to be licensed in a particular state to yeah. be able to practice therapy. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of like there's ways around that in a sense where it's like you can offer like self-help you can offer these certain things but you're not necessarily offering like therapy life coach yeah like life coaching you know right. stuff like that and so he's been one of my favorites to go to um I've done a few of his like self-help stuff like there's like a seven-day one that he did and um again like movement has been of course being a dancer like movement is movement I've been saying this for years but movement's a form of therapy mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um That's true. And, you know, and it can be super healing. So there's definitely, like, other avenues besides therapy. But I think you really do. And then with any form of help that you decide to seek out, you have to commit yourself to that. Like, 
you know, again, I'm on a waiting list and I've been on the waiting list for two months, but I want this particular therapist because they have everything that I need. Right. You know, and it's like, sometimes you just vibe. Exactly. And it's like, it's worth the wait for me to do that. And then during that wait, again, finding other forms of help for myself to like, again, check myself, have the knowledge to be able to check myself and, and the knowledge to hold myself accountable. So that way I can hold the people around me accountable as well. And, and the spaces that I take up, you know, like, and making sure that I'm holding myself accountable of being, making sure my intentions always align with the impact that I make in my own space, whether it's my own damn apartment, (laughs) my dinky little studio apartment, or going to a battle or going to a ball or going to a session or going to Chick-fil-A. Okay. Not Chick-fil-A, not (laughs) Chick-fil-A, no Chick-fil-A. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, we're not doing Chick-fil-A in this household because y'all give money to anti-gay. Oh, wait, not really? That. Yeah, you, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. I mean, I don't go to Chick-fil-A because I find it ridiculous to you know, buy, like, a chicken sandwich and they just give me pickles on the chicken sandwich. <laughs> I, was, my, I, I, know, I was thinking of Chick-fil-A because, like, I live literally, like, across the street from a Chick-fil-A, and so every time I, like, drive out of my apartment complex, I always just, like, get, like, this dirty look, just, like, mm. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, I didn't so, know that. I just, I, I just, like... Yeah. How'd you find that out? Um, actually, it was through, um... Social media, actually. I, uh-huh. like, saw somebody post about it, and and this is, like, the thing is, like, social media, like, has become this thing where you can, like, get drops of information, but then you have to, like, get, get yes. take that work of, like, let me look this up, like, let right. me, so I, like, I looked it up, and, like, yeah, I, like, started just, like, and it's always, like, fun, like, I truly love, like, when somebody brings something to my attention that I, like, wasn't aware of, yeah. I'll be, like, oh, let me do some digging. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I love to be able to dig and find things and then, like, figure out how it resonates within me. And so, like, yeah, that was, like, one of the things. Because I used to love Chick-fil-A. I mm. loved Chick-fil-A for whatever oh, reason. I can't deny that they have good food. They do. Their nuggets are really good. And then, like, I found that out. <laughs> and I was, like, I, I haven't ate Chick-fil-A for probably, like, like two, three years now. Because I found that out. And yeah. I was, like, oh, hmm. Yeah. So, you're telling me the money that I give you for my chicken nuggets goes for this? For like like y'all don't even like me then because like because I'm a queer person so I'm like you didn't like me mm. whatever I'm not giving you money like it makes sense <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah it's just doing that work we just gotta do your fucking research <laughs> totally so this is probably one of the first questions I should have asked regarding <laughs> what forty two so, minutes in and <laughs> right forty two minutes in and here we here we are I'm asking this question now but um. Going back to the racism thing, mm-hmm. what what is racism like? So I get a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I, I I'm gonna I'm kind of naive to it. Yeah. Because I've heard okay, and this is I don't, this is a touchy subject maybe, but trigger warning. <laughs> all right, and it, and honestly, I'm just naive. Yeah. yeah. But I've heard you know you know racism white black people cannot be racist towards white people right? Mm-hmm. Um. Can ah, you ex- the reverse racism. The reverse racism. Yes, gotcha. Exactly. Okay. So, can you explain first what racism is? Yes. And then educate yes. us on what that so, is. So, if we're going to just... I'm just going to grab my phone really quick. Grab the phone, gonna, girl. <laughs> let's just Google racism. Because the thing is, too, is that there's actually a, a, a... Like, it's been redefined, in a sense. Okay. okay. So, um, the... 
the, the, the Google definition says prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. So that's kind of like the newer definition of racism. Okay. The, the, the older one is just like the belief that different races possess distinct characteristics, abilities, and qualities, especially so as to distinguish them as inferior or superior to one another. Interesting. So what what's kind of been being redefined right now is trying to distinguish those different things. So like what does discrimination actually look like? What does prejudice actually look like? What's the difference? What, and that's the thing. Right. So like if we look up prejudice, because um, that's always the biggest thing um, when people are like, well, you can be racist against white people too. And it's like, okay, let's talk about that. Um, so prejudice is preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. So it can um, be like anything other than yeah, outside of race too. Yeah, exactly. So that can be like um, gender, religion, religion um, and again, like race and ethnicity is two separate things. So it can be like an ethnic group too. Um, so and then another thing is then the definition is like harm or injury that results and may results from some judgment from action or judgment. Right. So. With the old term of racism, what it didn't like, what it didn't um, include in that is again the marginalized or minority aspect of it. Right. So white people, yes, can experience prejudice. You know, like people can be prejudiced towards white people, but white people don't actually experience racism because white people are, have never been the minority in the situation. White people have established all of the systems that are kind of in place right now mm. where, again, you can take all the people out, but if you take all the people out that are like putting these, these that are maintaining the system, the system itself is going to still benefit white people. Okay. So you have to take in, you know, that's where like people are starting to talk about like systemic racism is kind of like now what the most accepted term is for like overall racism mm -hmm. is, you know, the way that the systems are made are not made to benefit any other minority group. It, and, you know, it's, it's there to just benefit people who, who again, assimilate and conform to that, right. you know, and that doesn't make it okay. Right. So it's like, because I've had to have this talk with my dad, because my dad, so like, obviously, like I said, I'm a mixed black person. So my mom is black. My mom's a black woman. My dad's white. And so my dad, I've had to have the conversation with him of like, no, that's not how this works. It's, this is actually how it is. And a lot of, and again, it comes back to that rewiring. People are right. so used to that term of like, well, you know, this is this actually. And it's like, mm, actually, it's not. And this is the reasons why. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's where, like again, people like white people can will never be able to experience racism in the construct that it is because again the system is made to benefit at the end of the day. Right. So that's where it gets a little tricky. I yeah. Think, to try to explain it to people. Yeah. So that makes sense. I get it. Because I I always like me being naive. Mm -hmm. I was always like, okay, well. What if I grew up in the south side of Chicago, which it's a predominantly black community, mm -hmm. and I just got hammered for being white? Yeah, you, know, you get you're, you're sort of 
It's just like you being black in Utah, <laughs> yep. where the percentage <laughs> level is what well, I don't know it's, what you said. It's two percent. Two percent. You're you're gonna stick out. Yeah. Obviously. And I I never understood it. I could not understand it. And it makes sense that they're just you're saying like it's more prejudice. Exactly. And it's like if, if you were going to that Chicago neighborhood or or any like predominantly black neighborhood, right? You can actually see the implications of what racism has caused like and again like we're we're only we're not even a hundred years out of like Jim Crow laws and 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 redlining and and all of these things that have affected you know black indigenous like all of the minority groups that have come here Mm -hmm. um like I just barely started learning about like lakes like Lake Lanier and how it was like a predominantly black community that got ran out and then they put a lake over it. What? Are you serious? And there's like numerous lakes within the U.S. where it's like if you were to like go deep down enough in the water, yeah. it's towns. It's towns where it was like predominantly black communities, and they were getting ran out or um, wow. pushed out, and then it was like flooded. Yeah. So, you know, and so it's like, and even like, like I the like no name like the hood like how, how people are like oh like I'm from the hood and da 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 like right. like so like redlining is where they like try to like only condense black folks in certain areas and you'll even like see like there's real world implications of that even now today like you perfect example um, you know let's say you go to a predominantly black neighborhood uh-huh. and you're selling a house there right you'll notice the value of that house is significantly lower if you were going maybe like a couple, like maybe a town over and that's maybe predominantly white and it's like the same kind of architecture, same kind of house, but it's same like, kind of neighborhood same kind of neighborhood, just essentially. Yeah. Just a block away. Wow. And then it's like, Oh, um, this house is like $500,000, but yeah. it's the same house, same architecture. It's literally maybe only like, a, again, a town over. It's like if I was going from like Salt Lake to Midvale, Right. You know, it's could be that close in proximity, like in proximity, and mm. it's like that happens. I, and there's a story actually of a woman. It was a black woman. She was trying to sell her house, and like inside her house, um, you know, she had pictures of like you know black historical figures, mm-hmm. um, pictures of her family, and she had um. I'm not too keen on how like real like like house selling and stuff like that yeah. goes, but I guess she got it appraised. And they quoted her lower than like what the averages in that neighborhood was. And so she was like, huh. So she tried something out, um, got a different appraiser to come, um, scheduled the time. And then she removed all of like the pictures of the black historical figures, pictures of her family. Um, she had her, her husband who was white sit there during Uh the appraisal and person came in. I think, like, they quoted that person, like, the first person quoted, like, maybe, like, let's say, let's, let's just say, for example, because I don't know it off the top of my head, like, maybe $250,000. Okay. Right. Second appraisal happens, and it's, like, $400,000. Double. It's doubled. Damn. Yeah. That's dramatic. It's dramatic. And so it's, like, but that's, like, just, like, again, it's a, that is just a sliver of, like, the real world implications that have happened because of this made-up construct right like race is a made-up 
construct that has happened and people don't really even under like even know like the history of the construct of race how they literally made it where white people were a certain category and then if you were not that you were considered an animal like if you look at the old like historical yeah. documents you were considered an animal like or a beast or whatever so yeah there's just like and so kind of going back to like the idea of like white people can experience racism you can experience prejudice someone can totally be prejudiced and and even dr damon always says like everyone no matter who you are every human being has prejudice in them right you because that's what it is it's prejudging everybody has that in them but racism has real world implications and the system itself is not okay right so but it gets really tricky because again you have to rewire yourself to understand that yes you know yeah either way racism prejudice uh what's the other one that we were using discrimination discrimination it's all negative it's i don't i i guess me personally the next question i want to ask you is (laughs) um how how would you or what do you think we need to do to maybe minimalize because i don't think you'll ever get rid of like you're saying Mm -hmm. prejudice racism discrimination all that stuff what do you think we could do to bring it to like a minimal level like where do we start yeah you know what i mean like and and it's a like i'm I'm glad you said that because like again dr damon he so he um i did a a a, uh like a three-day workshop several months ago and he was part of the workshop and he in, in his particular part of the workshop was about racial healing right right and so he really talked about like if we're gonna take those steps the first thing that you really have to do is check your ego like ego plays such a huge part in everybody's lives of course yeah um but again it's like sometimes our ego is rooted in these problematic behaviors and you know you have to check your ego when someone is giving that knowledge because again a lot like there's going to be things that are going to come like that are, will be confronting for you in mm-hmm. those situations like i i didn't even realize that i had inherit like racial prejudices against like other races and stuff like that right and also like it's, it's made me also understand like how i've benefited through colorism so like colorism is kind of an aspect of racism where um within a particular like racial group uh-huh the lighter you are, the more privileges that you'll be able to have because of the fact that your skin tone is, is, is lighter. So me, being a mixed black person, being super light-skinned, there's been a lot of spaces where I've been able to utilize that privilege and I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of it. Like where I know I can speak about these issues in spaces, but let maybe like a darker skinned black person come in and try to talk about these issues. Okay, and so I was like, just gonna ask you like, like what privileges yeah and it's like it's and it's the approximation to whiteness that i have because right. i'm like i'm i'm lighter skinned so i'm more i hate saying it like i'm more palatable to tolerate in spaces versus someone who is darker than me right because of those again the made-up construct that we all have with like race you mm-hmm. know so it's a very con- and i and again i've had to check my ego because I'm an Aries sun. I just ego thing is just that's just an Aries moon. <gasps> Period. 
<laughs> oh boy. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. You're not as fiery. But um but yeah, so it's just like you've gotta check your ego and then like it's a commitment. You know, you have to take the time to learn. Mm-hmm. You have to take the time to kind of what you said earlier, you have to let it settle. Right. You have to let it sit within you. And and there's been many of times where I've just had to let things sit in me and just be like, I'm upset, so I'm going to allow myself to be upset. But now that I'm able to get through that emotion, now I can start navigating the logic behind the things and understanding, like trying to figure out, okay, why am I upset? Is the reason I'm upset rooted in any problematic behaviors such as like homophobia, transphobia, misogyny? Like, because... I mean, especially with this whole situation that's been happening recently, like, misogyny yeah. can, like, can happen anywhere, or any of these problematic mm-hmm. behaviors can happen anywhere. You can be part of a community mm-hmm. where they're being affected and still uphold those things, you know? Um, so, yeah. yeah, just taking, just, again, it's a commitment. So I would say, like, if anything, understand the commitment that you're going to make and check your ego about it. Right. I, I, I like that. I, I also think, um, do you think, like, the education system, like, as far as what they teach history-wise and things like that, should would benefit greatly on that? So, working in education, actually... Um, oh, you do? So, I work in... Well, I work on, like, the administrative side of education. Okay. Um, but I, um, I work within higher education, and that has been kind of an issue of mm-hmm. just, like again, like the whole critical race theory that's kind of like popping off within, you know, the the US, like many people, and I hate saying this because it's such a stupid social media thing to me personally, but it's like some people are just not ready for that conversation because again, it's going to be very confronting. People want to act like, oh, the USA, we're a bright country. And it's like, no. Right. No. Yeah. Like we, 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 like, we stole this land. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and that's where, come, like, the naive comes from. Like, my mm-hmm. girlfriend, for example, grew up in Camas, like, up in the mountains, close to Park City, very, like, just everybody is white there, you know? Mm-hmm. And, or at least I don't know what it's like now, but, you know, she said, like, in her school, like, there was, everybody was white. Everybody was white, and nobody was teaching, like, racism, like, still exists, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think... It's a big thing. It is a huge thing. It's it's a huge, it's a huge thing, because, again, it, it really... There's kind of, like, this divide that's happening, and it's a... The thing is, it's a natural divide. Like, there's always going to be division, like, oh, God, like, I've had so many people who are not in the work try to tell me that I'm, like, dividing the dance community, and it's, like, there already is a sense of division there, because, again, like, there's... The breakers, there's the yeah. house people, there's right. the crumpers. There's already that natural sense of division that mm. is is okay, you know. But there's kind of this natural division that's happening now, where you see that like people want to keep everything the same because either they're very comfortable within that, um, they benefit from it, you know. Mm. And then there's people who are like uh, no, this is actually not okay, like, we need to, to do more, we need to, like, actually, like, do this kind of work, so that way we can no longer have these systems in place, it's, again, it's like, you, you have to change the system in order to have the benefits, you know, 
of that change roll out. Like, again, like, I know for a fact, like, I'm probably not going to see the fruit of my labor as far as, like, learning, decolonizing myself, dismantling, you know, my space and spaces around me. I'm probably not going to see the benefits of that in my lifetime. And I just have come to that conclusion and have made that commitment regardless. Because I think to myself, there's going to be people like, you know, if I ever decide to have kids or people who have been able to take whatever it is from me or just the learning in general, and it's going to benefit those later on. But there's going to get to, there's going to be a a place where it's going to get to that, you know? Um, and, and again, it's like, it's not even just doing the work for yourself, but just like for the people and not, and not even for the people who are going to be in the future, but the people who have dealt with that in the past, like there's a, I always use this example because it like, it, it breaks my heart, but it also just gives me the motivation at the same time. So there, you know, when, especially last year when all of like the black lives matter, um, protests were happening, Mm -hmm. there was a video of a woman and I want to say she was like in her eighties and she was on a walker. She was with this old black woman. She was using her walker and someone found out her backstory and she also did the protests back then, like in the South during like the Jim Crow laws and all of that stuff. And like somebody made a comment was like, you're telling me that this woman had to do this so many years ago and she's 80 something years old and she has to come back out and do this all over again just so that way she can live her life unapologetically. And it was like that, like, I remember just watching that and seeing that comment and I immediately broke down because I was just like, oh my God, you're right. Like, mm-hmm. it's, and I, again, like I, I think of, I think about my mom, my, my grandma, like my grandma is from Hot, Hot Springs, Arkansas. My mom has dealt with racism so many times within, like just being in Utah. I literally remember somebody calling her the N word. Oh, damn. And just driving off. So just blatantly. Blat. I've seen. I've seen the 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 implicit and the explicit side of racism numerous times. Whether it was either directed towards me or directed towards somebody else who was either like my friend, my family, and stuff like that. So again, it's not just like. I'd say like I never experienced that thing, those things, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It is still my duty to teach and learn so I can do better. But because I've had that personal experience of it, it does kind of give me a little bit more of a motivation to 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 learn and, and dismantle. Because again, I want my mom to be able to live her life unapologetically for you know the years that she's still able to be on this earth. Right. And you know, and my dad even too. Like my dad, oh my gosh, my dad will literally like rip anybody to shreds when it comes to like messing with like with my mom or. Totally. his kids and stuff like that but it, 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 it had to get there like, you know there's there's a lot of work that he's had to do but be able to like again like have him be that support for my mom too and and do it unapologetically and live his life as well like it, again right. it's going to not just benefit like when people are like well all lives matter and it's like no it, yes all lives matter but it's not going to that's not going to happen until yeah. we take the time to really look at okay what's happening within these particular groups that are not mine or are within me um, right. or the particular identities that are within me because again like if we're talking intersectionality here i am a queer person i am a mixed person i am a mixed black person i am a woman i'm a cis woman there's many different identities that make up people and just finding out how 
you're able to make those spaces better. And, right. And again, when that when those intersectional moments happen, still having those spaces be safe. And be consistent. And, and consistent. And then the other thing is social media is not always the best platform to have these kinds of conversations. It's, I've seen too many conversations yeah. where the intention starts out well mm-hmm. and it ends super bad. And then everybody hates everybody. I mean, half the community hates me, so. <laughs> but this is where I'm saying, like, this is kind of where, you know, you're, you're a very passionate person. And I think you have a lot of really good valid points mm-hmm. and you're, you know, like people should probably listen and these conversations, like if you have a problem with somebody, maybe hit that person up instead of, you know, taking dads on social media and then not saying anything. So, so this is the thing with that too. So with social media, social media does have the power of, cause again, we're in this age of information, right? It, it does have the power to make those points and make those conversations palatable. 100% and where but then yes. it becomes that thing of like you've got to do that extra work to like yeah. dig into those things like I, get, I, I, I mean I made that live recently where I was like you know Google will only take you so far you do have to make that investment but it can at least get you somewhere get you started. and this is where like the, the debate of like private conversations versus public conversations um, there has been way too many times and again I have screenshots I have receipts where somebody privately has come at me mad sideways like super disrespectful super like demeaning degrading gaslighting tone policing spiritual bypassing all of that stuff and then here they are out in social media being like good vibes only right positive vibes peace love community unity and it's kind of like it's a facade in a sense and so it's like with sometimes with those public conversations yes it can be very very heated it can be very messy but almost like that kind of needs to happen because again it really starts to show where people are at in those journeys of them and it's like it sometimes again it, it can be like it, it it's it's gonna get messy before it gets clean at the end of the day and so it's kind like for me like that's why I'm a really big advocate of like public accountability mm-hmm. because there has been, like, there's been people who have told me, like, well, we want community, we want, like, unity, we want restorative justice, and then the same, in the same, like, tone or context, like, they'll DM me, or I've had a private conversation with it, with them, and they literally said to my face, I'm not going to do that work. Well, yeah, and if that's the case, if you're not going to do any work, if, if you're not, okay, so if you have, if you have a strong opinion on something and you're going up against somebody who has just a strong opinion on the opposite end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. and you guys come together and have this conversation and one of you says that i mean right there it's like okay but then in like and on the social aspect of it and and then you turn around and you're like this fake ass person on social media or you're opposite of what you're saying Mm -hmm. that that's not cool like it's not if you're gonna go on like what I'm saying when you go on social media, not just you, anybody, yeah. when you go on social media and you're having these conversations you and people have two different views that are very passionate views, mm-hmm. and you guys just start trying to check each other on there, 
it can get really heated and I feel like social media, you, you don't hear tones, you just read words, right? Mm -hmm. And in the moment, I don't know about you, but when I'm pissed off in the moment with anybody, I'm going to say some shit that I don't really mean. You know what I mean? Because I'm just heated. And, you know, it's not... <laughs> Let me... So, I mean, there's a fine line right there, yeah. too. Because Cause you're bringing up a really good example of intention versus impact. Exactly. Know? Like, again, and that's where... And, like distinguishing the personal versus the behavior so like right like you know like say like that happened to me and you right? right like you got upset with me you were saying some foul shit with me and i was like hold the fuck on like right you know it's kind of like um you know that wasn't maybe that was your intention i don't know you know but most right, of the time right. most of the time and you just said it you like you didn't mean that you right. know and so now the impact that you made caught it didn't align so now that's where the harm is being caused exactly and, and that's like where like this is my favorite analogy i use it all the time if i step on your toe and i'm like oh it's not my intention your toe still fucking hurts yeah <laughs> like that's where it's like i have to now now for me i have to take ownership and accountability for myself and be like oh do i need to get you ice do i need to prop your foot do i need to take you to the hospital you know, like I can tell you, I'm sorry. I can tell you, I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's sorry. not, that's yeah. Again, it still hurts. And that's not, right. that's not enough to rectify the situation, especially it's like, cause people throw sorries out. Like they're saying hi yeah. at the end of the day yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. where it's like, like kind of going back to what I said earlier, sorry without the accountability that comes after the fact mm -hmm. is empty. And there's numerous people, and even and I can even own my like own up to it too. There's been so many times where I've done that shit in the past, mm -hmm. and I still exhibit the same behavior because I didn't take the time to work on myself, right? You know, and course correct that. And you know, there are some relationships that, again, I was the the villain in that situation, mm -hmm. and I have to just take ownership of that, like, right? You know, so it's like you really bring up that point of like. Like, again, the public conversations, they get messy. I mean, oh, they, they, they get super, super mesh, messy and um, um, they get um, muddled. The original point of the conversation sometimes gets super missed uh -huh. because of those kind of heated conversations. But again, at the same time, you have to like... Like especially for humans, you kind of almost have to see it right. to like understand like why it went well or why it didn't go well or why it was messy. And then again, you take that moment for yourself to let it sit yeah. and confront those things that are coming up for you and course correct. Right. You know, totally. So. It's kind of like, like, yeah. So like I was saying this, yeah. <laughs> piggybacking off of what you said I think it's super important that if you have this heated conversation and you feel bad about it maybe reach out to that person you know and be like hey look I, I didn't mean that you know call them up don't just don't just chat over private messages yeah. I hate that or do like a good example of this is in our community we've had like this whole thing between two people mm -hmm. I don't really know if I should shout it out or not but they actually went on live together in front of everybody yeah. that's a, that's amazing yes you know where it's two different points of view mm -hmm. or maybe not even two different points of view some somebody was 
making space mm -hmm. for the other person that had the issue to go on and have this live conversation. Because if you're that, you see the face-to-face, -face, you can mm -hmm. hear the tones, yeah. and you can have this conversation. Mm -hmm. And then, For everybody to see, because I feel like the Latins, I mean, Tia, I just said her name, Tia. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. Anyways, Tia and Jeffrey, it ain't no secret. It's all over. Yeah, yeah it's all over. Right. Okay, fair enough. Like, so they had a, a separate discussion, <laughs> individual. <laughs> tried. So I tried. Sorry. I spilled the beans all the time. <laughs> Can't keep my mouth shut. But <laughs> anyhow, no, they had that conversation, and Tia even said that, you know, like they squashed the beat. But I feel like there were some people that, you know, just were ignorant or whatever. They just didn't put in the time, the effort to look and actually hear. They only got bits and pieces from other people, or they mm -hmm. just got too lazy, didn't watch the whole video. And then that's when they came together and did this whole life thing. Um, and, and to add on to that, too, again, Tia was bringing up behaviors mm -hmm. right and then it got personal when somebody felt some type of way about it and again it's like like we've seen the we've seen all the posts and stuff like that we've seen the lives it's like yeah. yes you exhibited that behavior you totally exhibited that behavior that that she was talking about but again she was talking about just the behavior and how it's an issue and numerous people have done it in the community right. but again you gotta check your ego in that situation and so it was like that that live between those two is a great example of yes. how messy the conversation of accountability can be. Yeah, in a matter of 24 hours. <laughs> in a matter of 24 hours. Well, it was like, it went on for like, it's like three days. This is like, what, like day four days. This is like day four. And if yeah. you don't, if you don't, okay, if, if you don't squash that beef, it could go on forever and it can impact, the ripple of that could just yeah. spread. Oh, yeah. And divide. And when it does, it divides, right? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> Not the right kind of divide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, that that's a good distinction. There's there 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 is a good level of division that can happen, yeah. but it's like it's that bad kind of division. Yeah. And again, it's like you know, I I mean, for anybody who doesn't know where I stand, go watch my damn Instagram at this point, because then you'll know where I stand on the whole situation. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like you're we're not calling people good or bad people by identifying the behaviors that caused harm it's once you start to like it depends on how that person reacts to that right. that's when it starts to become more telling of their own character right. and not you know and again and tia said it best it's like it like we like i'm trying like let's go back to the issue that's at hand like and she's even setting the boundary of like i'm no longer talking about it the whole situation you know like yeah i i also think you know, like it, it's a judgment maybe on their character, or it's they're they're displaying their character when they react a certain way. But I also think it's very important to maybe go into that person's character. Why are you acting like yeah. this? Why? Ooh. What is the why? And and maybe you know, as we'll use Tia and Jeffrey as an example, she's feeling this way towards somebody. Why does that person, mm -hmm. the person that she's feeling, or multiple people? Yeah. Why do they think it's okay? Are they just unaware? Yeah. Or do they really have some vendetta or something yeah. towards gay, black, whatever it might be, yeah. women? You know what I'm saying? And I think those kind of conversations, trying to understand the person who's so heated or, you know, doing these or things. Or bring awareness, that, yeah, you know. These these people that are that are that you're mad at for doing these, like misogynists or whatever. That's the right terminology. But yeah, misogyny. Yeah, yeah. So people that are acting like that, 
you've got to have that conversation. Like, why do you think this is okay? Yeah. And uh, in order to understand where they're coming from, right? Yes. And you want to know what that's a good example of is just kind of like the duality of like honoring someone's humanity, you know, of like, again, where is this coming from? Like, why did you feel the need to exhibit this kind of behavior? And again, like, I am all for like people exploring and, and, and on and having the space and grace of honoring somebody's journey. But at the same time, we can also hold that person accountable oh, totally. of like, and I think sometimes people kind of going back to like this overall theme, it's like that naiveness of like, I don't know how to do both. <laughs> right, right. You know, they, like people feel like they can only pick this or this, mm-hmm. you know? And so it gets really hard to, and, and that's where, again, it gets it, like people who have that skill of like, being able to balance that duality of, of those things, mm-hmm. you know, when you're talking to somebody who doesn't maybe necessarily have that skill point, And again, we can like this, even though this recently just happened, we can easily put the topic of racism, anti-blackness, colorism, transphobia, homophobia, all of the problematic behaviors that can be explicit or implicit. And the biggest thing, unintentional versus intentional where the unintentional side is like obviously like you did not mean to do that like you just said earlier like right. maybe you said some foul shit to me and you didn't mean that right versus like you maybe like on the intentional side like you said some foul shit to me and you and maybe later on you were like no i meant that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, i totally meant that no i totally meant that like uh, oh okay <laughs> exactly <laughs> now i know how you feel <laughs> right and and that's the thing is like that's where it's like like I, that's why I'm such a like a huge advocate for these public conversations because again it really shows where people are at and it's like there's that like level of like fraudulent that like gets taken away from it all like where maybe you thought that this person was like super fantastic super great like a good person and then you found out that like they've been abusing women or then you find out that like they're racist and then you find and like you find all the things that's like hold up, I've allowed you in my space yeah. and you were doing those things? What the fuck? <laughs> like, it's it's kind of like, I would rather people just like be transparent of where they are in their journey so that way I know how to navigate that dynamic. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, and so that's where it's like, that's why I'm a huge advocate of those public conversations because again, it just, it, there's that, you know, there's kind of like people are really, really telling on themselves. <laughs> yeah, I, playing off of that I think it's great like so I'm gonna bring up the whole President Trump thing <laughs> sorry <laughs> I, I, it's I know you have to go soon no that's fine and we'll kind of make it short but I think it's kind of a good thing in a in a way I mean most I, I'm pretty sure everybody in this room does not like President Trump that's my assumption. You're assuming right. I'm assuming right. Okay, so (laughs) I think it's a good thing, though, because a lot of people think that President Trump, like, is racist, right? Yeah. Whether that's true or not, I'm not going to comment on it. I'm not going to comment on it. (laughs) I have my opinions. I have my opinion. I'm not going to comment on it. But saying, being that said, it, it, it kind of, it's, it's actually bringing to light how racist some fucking people are and, and, and how big of a divide this country really is. Yeah. And, you know, 
people might not be aware. People might be totally aware. Like you're saying, you know, somebody drove past your mom's car and shouted out the N-word, which mm-hmm. is fucked up. Yeah. Like, what the hell? And I wish I was, like, older in that situation because the fact I, I would have gotten in my car and chased them. Yeah, I can't even imagine how you... I mean, yeah. you know. so it, it is great because it's showing what people's characters are. It's bringing to light mm-hmm. shit that was kind of buried and yeah. not, okay, you know, not, like, so okay to say. Because... I don't, like, even Andrea. Andrea is, like, a person who's white and past, but she is Hispanic. 100 Hispanic. Like, mm-hmm. she, she's Dominican, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Even her brother, she, he was at a coffee shop, and this is, like, during the whole presidency of Trump, and yeah. popping off, and all this other bullshit. He's getting coffee, and he, some white dude, mm-hmm. goes up to him and says, hey, go back to your country. Oh, like, Shit like I that. hate that. And he's like, I've never experienced, you know, something that blatant before. But it's kind of like you have a leader and shit all trickles down from the top. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's bringing like okay. to life. They feel like it's more okay. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter movement and this whole 2020 thing where mm-hmm. everybody was protesting. Yeah. And it, shit was going crazy for a while there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people become more like oh it's more comfortable for me to come out and actually express how I truly feel and you start to see the divide and it is super like for me I mean I'm a white man I'm naive to a lot of this shit but you're the top of the food chain right right. so (laughs) I I don't I don't I have never experienced anything that a black man woman gay women anything like I don't know so for me, I feel like, okay, I've got to take a step back, whether I agree with it or not, mm-hmm. and kind of listen and just kind of get educated on it. And then if I don't agree with somebody, you know, I need to go to that person and go, hey, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, I don't, I, I need you to educate me. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like educating and listening to people who have different points of views is a huge thing because listening is also a great teacher yeah. for you and to, to, to add on, because I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you, the only thing that I would like like point out is like at the same time, it's also not that other person's job to educate you though, right? No, totally you not. Know, like, and it's like, because it's totally like, not. if they like, and I see this happen, this has actually happened to me before and I'm just like, girl, bye. But somebody unwarranted, like, came into my DMs, was asking about, like, uh, like, wanting education and stuff like that, and, and I was, like, like, most of the time when that happens, I just either say, Google this or Google, you know, because, again, like, for sure, it's not, it's, like, you don't want to sit, spend your time doing that. It's, it's emotional, yeah, it's, yeah, it's emotional and educational labor, and it's, at the end of the day, like, <sighs> especially like you know again people who are part of marginalized communities we already have to live enough of like live with the oppression that happens like while i do believe that like the that there are people who in in these marginalized communities that can take on that responsibility of educating that doesn't necessarily mean that like every single person within that marginalized community can take on that mantle of 
education, you right. know? And, and again, we're in this age of information. Like I, I have taken the time to like invest in my, my own decolonization journey and anti-racism journey. Um, but I mean, I'll tell you right now, I started off by Googling a lot of shit, yeah. you know, Googling it and then sitting with it and then being like, okay, so what am I going to do about it? That's, I think the biggest thing is like, what am I going to do about it? Right. Kind of thing. And people are just like, well, I have information, but I don't know what to do with it. So it's like, okay, so let's talk about what you can do. And that's like a big thing of like, I'm such a huge person on like action items. Like, right. okay, let's like, let's like figure out some action items to like do better or like right. what can we do to make space like these spaces safe you know mm. so it's just it's a lot it's a touchy lot it's a touchy lot and it's like and it's something that like again like you know like I appreciate like crazy like you reaching out to me like like you know can we have like this conversation and stuff yeah. like on the podcast it's like you know it like at the time I you know and right now obviously I have the emotional capacity to do so you know but right. if I were to be like listen, I don't have it in me to have that yeah. kind of conversation, yeah. you know, like that's still my, my like human right to be able to just like, be like, I don't have the capacity to do it right now, you know, maybe later or Hey, maybe not at all. Yeah, you know? Right. Totally. Um, oh. again, I, but I, I, I understand that the responsibility that I am taking on by being so outspoken and being and diving into the knowledge. And like, I even said it in my live recently that I was like, I'm one of the very few people in the the community that is outwardly educating and like myself and, and being outspoken because again, I'm applying the knowledge to myself and the spaces I take up. Mm-hmm. So I have that responsibility to be able to dissect, you know, certain things that are happening that again, like this whole situation with Tia um, pointing out those misogynistic battle tactics, yeah. like that does affect me because again I've had that happen to me as a woman um and this was even before I was voguing you know yeah. like I've had that happen to me as a woman and especially now that I vogue it's like literally almost every single battle that I've gone to somebody has tried to use vogue against me and I'm just like you're whack yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> and but there's also been times where I've like again like I've had to and, and this whole situation too has actually made me like revisit some things of like I've even noticed that like I've like lessened my expression of femininity in dance spaces because of those things like I'll go and wear like when I first started dancing I was always wearing like I mean I always wear a crop top and a high-waisted thing like that is literally my style and I'm going to stick to it until I'm 70 years old or like I want to be like if I if I ever get buried y'all better bury me in a crop top and a high-waisted skirt like (laughs) y'all better do it (laughs) I don't care y'all better do it or else like y'all are fake But, um, but I, like, even I, like, started to, like, wear more baggy clothing, like, like, baggy sweats, baggy shirts, um, like, or I'll make sure that I'm, like, fully covered in, in, in certain spaces and things like that, because I felt like I was going to be more accepted to, like, like, again, everybody has, like, masculine and feminine energy within them, and, you know, and how it gets expressed is how it gets expressed sometimes, um, but again, like, I, like, I started to understand. I was like, oh, sh- whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I started doing this because of that. And I was like, and I, and it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, whatever, I'll deal with it. And then it's like, it confronts, it's confronting. And I like have to sit there with myself, like, damn, I really lessened myself, not lessened myself, but like, I've had to conform in a right. sense 
to so I can feel safe in, in spaces like that. And again, it has, especially here in Utah. Especially here in Utah. <laughs> and so and it, but again, it's like it's the same thing with like racism. Like I, there's been no, so many times where it's like I've had to lessen myself or conform to like make sure that I'm not having any harm happen against me. And and I'm only speaking for myself personally when I say this sentence. I don't fucking care anymore to do that. I, I refuse to lessen myself in these spaces in order to make somebody else feel like comfortable. Yeah. You right. know, like I want to be safe in a space and I also want other people to be safe in that space too. Right. So I can, you know, have that balance of making sure I'm good and making sure somebody else who is a part of a marginalized community feel safe in those spaces as well. Because again, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck whatever, like, if, like again, half the fucking community does not, I have a list of people who I don't fuck with and then there's a list of people who don't fuck with me. That list, the list of like, who don't fuck with me and versus I don't fuck with, there's a big difference. <laughs> um, and, and so, I really don't know where I was actually going with that. I just lost my train of thought. My brain just did a fact. Was like, do you think you will ever like make amends with these people again? Like, do you think you're gonna go out of your way, or are you just gonna kind of like feel the energy if you like run into them again? That I'm gonna like, it's feeling the energy. I think, and I'm I'm just that kind of person. Yeah. Like personally, like I, if I can gauge where the energy is at, then like you know, yeah, I may make that step towards like, hey, can we revisit something again? If they told, if they tell me no, okay, great, I'll accept that. You know, um. But, yeah, I just, like, I, I don't really give a fuck about being friends with people in the community or just in communities in general. Like, I am, I can be friendly, but that doesn't mean I need to be kikiing with you and being friends with you. You're not going to be fake. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I, I show a lot of respect for that. Yeah, like, I just, like, if I see some stupid shit, like, I'm going to say something about it. Or, again, like, with this whole situation, if I see some dumb shit, I'm going to boo. <laughs> like, you're going to know so, how the fuck I feel. Yeah, what to you like do you think is like a perfect like dance community like what would you like to see you know that's a loaded question um so i guess like for me if in i'm gonna just put an asterisk on this yeah for just like subject to change of course um but what i would love to see is of course safe spaces like there's like this thing of like we're redefining what safe spaces look like Mm -hmm. so again like i i would love to you know the natural division of it the net that natural division is completely fine but i think i would love to see people really understand the implications of the harm that they cause again intentional or unintentional and do better to help redefine what safe spaces are and again if one person is not safe in that space then that means no one's going to be safe in that space because and it'll only just be a matter of time before it happens to somebody else or it happens to a group of people um so just really taking the time of like understanding like the safe space of like okay like removing like banning like my biggest thing is like I, i have a list right now of people that i've noticed have been causing harm within the community and any any event that I do, I will say like that you are not welcomed until that change behavior behaviors happen yeah. because I'm trying to make a safe space for for everyone yeah. and you are not a safe person right now for this community. Um, so it's just kind of like sometimes you have to be radical in those things, but again like understanding the different identities that can encompass 
the community mm-hmm. and figuring out, okay, so how can we make this a safe space for everybody where everybody can enjoy their time, everybody can, you know, have a good a good moment, you know, and enjoy themselves, but again, they're safe. Yes. They're safe. And that's a huge thing is like I, especially with what's been happening within this last year, I cannot tell you how many people have hit me up. And, and again, I don't like, I only do the screenshot things when like somebody needs to get their ass shown, you know, but like, there's been so many people who have been like, you know, I haven't felt safe in this community for a very, very long time because of X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. and you speaking out against these things or you being in those spaces where I, like, I feel safer to be in those spaces because I know if I was getting offended or getting disrespected, you would be someone that would be like, hold the fuck up, like, and like call that shit out and make sure that like, it's going to be a safe space. So that is where I would really like to see the community go towards. Do I necessarily know what that, what that looks like to get there? Maybe not necessarily right now, but again, that's something that I'm going to work towards is like, okay, so how can I, what can I do in the spaces that I am in? What am I going to be able to do to make sure that it's safe for everybody there? Yeah. I like uh, it. I, I like it too. It's, it's definitely amazing. So, um, <laughs> we're kind of going past time. I know. I just noticed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're totally fine. Uh, but like, this is a huge subject. It is a huge subject. Like, part two. And... I, yeah. I mean, it's a huge subject and I think that it's a, uh, thank you for coming out and actually yeah. coming and educating, educating us. us and stuff. I've learned a lot. Um, what, what is a closing, what is some closing, uh, advice you might give in regards to everything that we've talked about everything a, oh god <laughs> like i mean it could be long-winded it could be i know i'm I trying to i'm a very long-winded person and i i mean i have a degree in speech communication so that probably explains why mm. um closing room oh shit i'm trying to think of how i can condense it um i mean with everything that we've talked about there are reoccurring themes right of like accountability um restorative justice education knowledge applying yourself and like the biggest thing for me is just you know I, i we all want to have that space to enjoy what we can enjoy you know at the end of the day and I really just want people to enjoy that. But at the same time, if one person can enjoy that, then can anyone really enjoy it, you know? And it's like, we, we like, I want to make, I want people to just sit with themselves and see what biases are coming up for them or certain just whatever's coming up for them and what's confronting them in those moments, like sit with it, sit with it. And we all have a responsibility, like as individuals, when we are going to be in communal spaces to make sure obviously like we're good and, you know, make sure that the people are there are good, you know? And so, um, again, I check myself every time I, now I do actually, I, I check myself every time I go into a new space or go into a space that I'm well aware of, you know, and also setting the boundary for yourself. Like, again, there's, there's some studios that I refuse to go to anymore because I have made it very clear that like, I'm not going to be safe there, you know, and 
sometimes you have to be radical for people to get it and and i'm perfectly fine like again i've been called a villain i've been called a bully i've been i've been told numerous times that i'm causing division within the community and stuff like that and so sometimes i'm like all right well if that's going to be the case call me maleficent bitch call me maleficent <laughs> like sometimes so, sometimes you have to lean into it a little bit like, right but it's again it's like if if i have to be called that now just so that way later on there's going to be pe- more people and and there's going to be people who are marginalized actually get to enjoy these spaces oh yeah call me that all day yeah i don't care like because right. i know where my intention lies and where and how i want to make that impact align with it right so, so when you're being i'm sorry like this is your closing statement i have another question <laughs> <laughs> so when you're being called like a bully or the villain or whatever, do you do you take that and do you sit with it and be like, am I? Oh God, yeah. I yeah, I mean like, I cannot tell you how many times I've had to question, am like I doing the right yeah, thing? You right. know, and and like nobody sees the tears, nobody sees the the literal like sitting in the middle of my apartment just like screaming because I'm just like I feel all of these things and 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 like nobody sees the the they only see the tip of the iceberg they exactly they don't see everything else that's underneath that and again it's 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 a lot of work it's 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 work to put yourself on that platform or not putting yourself on the platform using the platform you already have to try to make people aware of problems that are happening right and you know having to deal with the i mean again again even though my intentions are aligning with my impact Mm -hmm. there are going to be people who again are not ready for those conversations are not ready to 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 understand the harm that they've caused and so again they have to project that onto me and i've had to it's taken a long time to learn that just because they're projecting it onto me does not mean i have to catch it Mm -hmm. at the end of the day and setting those boundaries for myself so you know again people don't see the 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 ugly work kind of like with shadow work people don't see the ugly side of that no you know and so until they are in it so um i'm but at the same time like i'm fine with that i'm fine that people don't see those ugly sides and and if i did want them to see those ugly sides i would i would show it Right. You know, and, and I'm and I'm perfectly fine with showing those things too. And I and I do from time to time actually throughout my social media, like I'll like I'll make a post and I'll actually like talk about what I'm going through and um what that manifested in, like especially with like again dance, like um when I got COVID last year, um I got COVID like around the same time I got COVID, I lost out on a promotion. And I was not given a raise at work. Yep. And it they was come in threes. Baby. Exactly. And then like my seasonal depression started hitting me because it was in like October. So it was like my I'm already dealing with my normal oh. depression and anxiety. Oh, and then God. seasonal depression just came in. Like, have you guys ever seen that meme of like where like Big Bird kicks down the door? Like, if you've ever seen it, I'll share it with. If you haven't, I'll share it with you later. But it was like, share it. That's literally how the seasonal <laughs> depression just came in. It was just like. Like, like I'm here, bitch. (laughs) And and so I was just going through so much, and there was a um I was trying to like work on like my stamina, not stamina, but like 
COVID knocked me out for like three weeks and oh, um, I was it was like one of my first times like starting to try to move again yeah and oh god it was just I, I had to take it kind of slow and I but I was recording because I, I like to record myself when I session in lab so I can like watch back and see like oh that was kind of cool or like oh like that you know just I mean we all do that you right, know right. to like to help us you know learn where we're at and I shared that moment on my social media because it, it was just like, I am fully transparent to show the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the mediocre, the extravagant. I, I'm, I'm, I understand that social media is an extension of me. Mm-hmm. So I, I never want to have this facade that I'm like always happy or I'm always, you know, I, I move through my emotions because I put them on an, even level playing field now i don't think of emotions as good bad or i just have to move through them so i i just want that trend i want to yeah. give that transparency and i hope people will be able to reciprocate that and be transparent as well i love it great awesome okay um that sounds pretty good do you want to shout out anything like your instagram or any like events um, coming up or i i mean there's no events that i'm doing as far well i oh, oh, oh no but i take that back i take that back <laughs> so so um if if anyone has gotten any education out of this my venmo is jasmine pike and it's j-a-z-z-m-i-n-e-p-i-k-e the j and the p are capitalized um also uh and this is more specifically for queer trans people of color there is an event happening at the end of July and it's called Burning Sissy Burning Sissy Valley. It's a one-day pride event specifically for black, indigenous and people of color who are LGBTQ+ in Utah. It's a full-day event. It's on Saturday uh Saturday G- uh, July 31st and there's going to be workshops, there's going to oh, be yeah. um food there's going to be performances um i'm going to be performing and trey who is one of my vogue babies is actually going to do his very first vogue uh, oh, fundamentals um but yeah so that's uh just follow the it's called um the instagram page is uh the burning sissy valley but it's t-h-a-b-s-v-e so there's that coming up, um, and I don't know when I'm going to do the next ball. I don't know when I'm going to do the next soul case, so don't ask me. I'm trying to have a hot girl summer. Wait until <laughs> August. <laughs> then you can probably ask me about things coming up, but those Hell are yeah. the two things. <laughs> Perfect. No, that sounds great. Okay, well, thank you so much for uh, coming on by and educating our listeners, educating us. And hope we'll probably have you back on, honestly, for a part two. Because, yeah. again, this was a huge subject. So. Hell yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you like what you've heard, please share this uh, podcast and like and subscribe. Tell your mom, tell your brother, your cousin, your sister, tell yourself <laughs> twice. Tell over your dog, and over. your cats. Oh, snap. Tell me. We're bringing animals in here. Let's go. Tell Parents, everybody. Lizards. <laughs> anyway. Later, guys. Later.